And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday. Expository Thursday as we work together to know the letter better into the narrative of the book of Acts. We travel to understand what things the Lord requires of us. And learn to apply God's timeless truths in our lives. First, the people with Saul were on a mission to help him. There is often an unseen principle that happens here. With no intent from Saul, God's encounter with him had a spillover effect on those around him. In better phrasing, what Jesus was doing to Saul immediately impacted those with Saul, even though they didn't understand it fully. They heard something, but saw nothing. This is a nifty way for God to witness to those around Saul because they knew something powerful was taking place. Next, Saul got up off the ground after being knocked down on his donkey and then onto his keister, and he was blind. So a light beamed down on Saul. He got knocked down. Jesus spoke to him. He was blind. This is why everybody needs to be a little bit more humble about their own wisdom in free will and predestination. Man makes choices freely, and God already knows those choices. Nothing catches God by surprise. But in this case, unless you're in denial, in this situation, you can pretty much toss free will out the door. Finally, for the sake of clarity, Saul was not blinded by the light. That's a little hint there. Rubbed his eyes, and then everything went back to normal. He could not chalk this up to too many burritos the night before. Instead, he had an encounter with God, and God was not too happy with him. And he remained blind for three days. Yep, it's just like three days of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And yep, God is always giving witness. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. Again, you're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oeve. So much more. How much more? A lot more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us. What? Live during the show, we can text you? Yes. Can we keep anonymous? Yes. Well, where do we text to? Thank you for asking. 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Also, you can call us during the show. That's 972-445-0770. 972-445-0770. When you call, 
you'll be talking to mighty Gabriel. Let me tell you what that's like. That's like recovering from anything. (laughs) And then you will fly. Nah, that's just cool. (laughs) Sorry, I like it. All right, so here's the bottom line. The bottom line is maybe you've got a prayer request. Maybe you've got a praise report. It doesn't matter. Maybe you just want to share something. The idea is not to just speak disparagingly about things. There's so many places to do that, and there's some great ministries on this station that you have an opportunity to do that with. We're just not doing that in this 90 minutes. What we're doing is trying to say in this 90 minutes, and specifically in this in this category. Let's speak things that are encouraging, strengthening, and a blessing. We have plenty of places to kvetch, plenty of reasons to kvetch, even though God doesn't like kvetching that much. The idea behind that is to be an encouragement to one another, to encourage one another as we see the day of the return of the Lord getting closer and closer. And if you've taken a look outside, if you've looked at the weather, if you've looked at people, if you've looked at news, if you've looked at yourself in the mirror, you already know. No, yeah, that return is getting pretty close. <laughs> it's like you don't have to have anything else happen. You're just like, like yeah, it's uh, right around the corner. And so the bottom line is reach out to us and we'll be glad to engage with you. We want to be a blessing to you. We love it when you're a blessing to us. We weep together. We laugh together. We grow together. We learn together. I'm not your pastor. I'm your brother. I'm just your annoying brother. Here is the next trivia question you have a chance to answer. At, after Jesus' trial, what color of robe was put on Jesus? What color of robe was put on Jesus? If you think you know the answer, not that difficult. You just got to call 972-445-0770. You can, and by the way, I would take two different answers, just to let you know. Uh, 214-210-8483 is the number to text, and then david at he must org is the email. Uh, again, on the updates, just because we want to keep you updated as somebody is calling in. So my daughter has uh, um, had her fourth child. This is a baby girl. So she's got two boys, two girls. We do not know all the details because every time uh, uh, Judy and Jared have a child, the details have to come like uh, – crumbling in okay so we'll get to our caller in just a second let them know that uh, just uh, right there but i will tell you the baby six pounds and five ounces and for julianne and jared that's a small baby <laughs> that tells you everything you gotta know baby's a couple weeks early not a problem with any of that everything looks good we'll give you the updates as they happen please keep them in prayer it does mean not this week And I'm not sure about next week, but probably the week after, we're going to have to be making a trip out there to help and maybe to grab the kids and bring them back with us, which we haven't quite figured out all that material. So you can be in prayer for us on that as well as for Julianne and Jared. Okay, person's ready to get uh, the answer to the trivia question. Let's send them on through, Gabriel. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Talking to Sally. Hi, how are you? I'm tired. Oh, bless you. Listen, I'm 90 years old. 
Bless your heart. I love that you're honest about it. You know what, Dave? I'm and tired. I wanted to ask you a question. Okay, you got I it. I don't have computer, credit cards, or cell phone. Okay. I don't want any. Okay, got but it. The question I want to ask you is when I send you a check, do I put it with an or got it or not? Uh, you don't have to. Okay, that's a great question, by the way. Thank you for that question. When you when you send a check, it can just be you can just make it out to H M I M, which is He Must Increase Ministry. The bank knows that that's the account, so you can just do it that way. Some people do it that way. Some people use my name, but you don't need to. He Must Increase Ministry or H M I M is all you got to put on the check. Okay, then, well I'm ninety and I don't have all that. Okay. Technology stuff. Gotcha. So if you want to do a check, you just write, instead of a name, you just put H-M-I-M. H-M-I-M. Correct. That's all okay, you have to do. thank you so much. You're welcome. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> I love it. Okay, first of all, that is awesome because they called and asked a great question. Right? Because we don't have all that information and then we don't give it on the radio very well because I'm terrible at that. Well, I am bad at that. Okay. Uh, 90 years old. So that tells you. So we have people listening from, watch this now. Watch this. From 19 to 90, from A, uh, Assemblies of God, to, I got to think of a denomination that's in the Z's. Because <laughs> it's got like got everything. Uh, uh, we have uh, Baptist, Pentecostal. We have Church of Christ. We have Church of God. We have Catholic. We have Methodist. We have Presbyterian. There's a lot of diversity. Hey, guess what? The way in to the kingdom, very narrow. Once you're in the kingdom, read the book of Revelation from every tribe, from every nation, from every people. Right? Okay. We'll go back to the trivia question. We're going to go a little longer, so don't worry. Great question, though, by Sally. We think that's awesome that she did that. God bless her. All right. Uh, At Jesus' trial, what color of robe was put on him? We'll give you a little couple seconds to answer that. Uh, And uh, just a reminder, if you want to do that. What a blessing she is. Uh, 972-445-0770 is the number to call. 214-210-8483 is the text. And then David at he must org. So I do want to do, uh, let's go ahead and do our, uh, Gabriel, our uh, very expensive, very, very deep and very thorough and very professional uh, expository little teachy thing, the Steve Martiny wow thing. Okay, you see, you see where that is? Let me know if you got it. Go ahead and fire away. Wow! <laughs> wow! All I can say is wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! All I can say is wow! Now that's professional. <laughs> All right, going back to our text in <laughs> I know, just hang in there. All right, going back to our text, and then we'll get to the trivia question uh, before I do the actual exit, uh, is this portion we talked about. I'm going to actually pick it up from what we talked about last time because there's this one thing that I wanted to talk about. It's really important. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath. He was eager to destroy the Lord's followers, so he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. 
He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was nearing Damascus on this mission, a brilliant light from heaven suddenly beamed down upon him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So I didn't get to talk about this uh, a lot because then Saul's response, by the way, is, Who are you, sir? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you're to do. So I want you to back up with me on this and I want you to catch something that's hugely important. Okay, we already talked about and we're not having the discussion in this show, free will and uh, predestination. I'm telling you, they're they're both legitimate. And from God's point of view, it's already set. From our point of view, we're clueless and he's not telling anybody. So the bottom line is he comes to he gets knocked off on his keister. Saul does. He's on the ground. He's blind. This is not a burrito moment. And I I bring that up because we were thinking, well, this could have been like magic Mushrooms. The dude got knocked off the donkey about five days into his trip. He knows how to be on a donkey. He's been doing his whole life. And then he's blind. And the voice speaks to him and says, Saul, Saul, stop. Right there. What did Jesus say to Mary after he was resurrected when she thought he was the gardener? He said, Mary. She said, Rabboni. Here, Jesus, Saul, Saul. What's amazing about this is whether the person was a believer, about to be a believer, or not a believer at all, quite frankly, Jesus knows the names of people. Listen to me. He knows your name. You are not one in a crowd of 10 billion, and you're just, oh, you're just part of the crowd. Yay, you know. Go Cowboys. It's like that's not what's going on. Jesus knows who you are. He knows, and just might as well own it, he knows the good, the bad, and the indifferent. He knows you. Not like anybody else. He knows your name. He knows everything about you. Seven times in Revelation 2 and 3, Jesus says, I know, I know, I know. You don't have to say a word. He knows. He knows you. Okay. All right. The answer to the trivia question, uh, after Jesus's trial, what color of robe was put on him? The initial answer I would say is purple, but you could also say scarlet. That would also work. Either of those would be just fine. We'll take a break and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. is the David Spoon experience. For this is the kind of high priest we need. Holy, innocent, undefiled, 
separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens. He doesn't need to offer sacrifices every day as high priests do. First for their own sins and then those of the people. He did this once for all when he offered himself. Now watch this. Oh boy, this is so unbelievable. Jesus is a unique kind of priest. He is your high priest. He is so unique. And you think, well, why? What, what is it that makes Jesus unique? And you already know, well, it's because he's, you know, born from the Holy Spirit and he's born from Mary. So he's fully man, fully God. And it's like, OK, I get that part. But there's something else that we miss quite often. And that is Jesus is undefiled, separated for, from sinners. And verse 27 says he doesn't he, he doesn't need to offer sacrifices every day like the high priests do, first for their own sins. So let me explain this to you. When priests or petitioners or people are praying on your behalf, every human being has to deal with their own set of sins. It doesn't matter if it's the high priest of Israel. It doesn't matter if it's, high, if, if it's the high priest one year, 20 years later, 40 years later. There is something that takes place. It's the same dynamic that takes place when you spend time with the Lord and you come before the Lord and you thank him and you recognize the grace of God enables you to stand because apart from that, the grace, apart from the mercy, apart from the love that comes from the Lord and the redeeming work from, from Jesus Christ that you receive by faith, that he gives by grace, apart from that, you're a mess. And so when you come before the Lord, you're like, Lord, you know, please forgive me. Please don't be mad. Please, you know, don't chasten me. David said it great. Don't chasten me in your hot displeasure. I don't want to get you irritated. Nah, 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 nah. You see, when Jesus comes and petitions for us, he doesn't have to go through that. He doesn't have to be centered on himself to be forgiven because there's nothing for him to be forgiven. He's sinless. He doesn't need to offer sacrifices for what he's done or for any of the lacking that he uh, would have if he was a regular human priest. So when Jesus comes on our behalf, there's nothing. Get this, get this, here it is. There's nothing distracting him in his life. He is only focused on our well-being. If Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I was listening to that, Phil. That is so, I mean, I'm telling you, I, there's some things that I really like. And that, Phil, that's really important that when Jesus intercedes for us, he's focused on us. Like, oh, that is so good. And I'd like to point something out. Steve, one of our uh, wonderful listeners, he said, hey, it's important to note that the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. And that is as well important to Jesus knows your voice. And then when he speaks, you know his. And that's why Mary said Rabboni. Nice job, Steve. I appreciate that. All right. So now there's so much to cover. You're just going to have to take a deep breath as I try and get through all of this show. Being a seven-time grandpa, seven times today, I don't have any more information in case you're wondering. 
because Jared and Julianne uh, only uh, bring things out in a dribble. <laughs> That's why. And uh, and then just one more. It might be more for Ginny than anybody else. No more Mr. Potato Head. Isn't that great? All right. So uh, here is the next trivia question. Philip had four daughters who had a special spiritual gift. What was that gift? Philip had four daughters who had a special spiritual gift. What was that gift, right? Joanne and Cordelia, pow, pow, striking first. For those that are looking, Acts 21, 8 and 9. I'd rather you look it up because that sometimes that's better. Uh, you can call 972-445-0770. That's the number you can call. Nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero. You can text two one four two one zero eight four eight three. That's two one four two one zero eight four eight three. As well, you can send an email David at he must increase dot org. David at he must increase dot org. So this is Philip, Philip the evangelist, right? He had four daughters who had a spiritual gift. What was their gift? Look it up in Acts 21, 8 and 9, and then you will absolutely, absolutely, absolutely knoweth. That's the King James for knoweth. Wait, no, knoweth it. Never mind. All right, here is a uh, joke. This is a pro-Israel joke. If you're not pro-Israel, you probably don't like the show anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm Jewish, so I mean, uh, I would think that. This is kind of funny. Just roll with it. It's a tongue-in-cheek kind of Jewish proverb thingy. Okay? Right? Can you handle that? All right. Uh, I don't know how you're going to be able to judge it, Gabriel. I don't It's like uh, you're just going to have to figure it out. <laughs> so you're on your own here. Okay? All right. The Prime Minister of Israel sits down with Arafat at the beginning of negotiations regarding the resolution of the conflict in their territories. Prime Minister Sharon requests that he be allowed to begin with a story. Arafat replies, of course. The Prime Minister begins his story. Years before the Israelites came to the Promised Land and settled there, Moses led them through 40 years through the desert. The Israelites began complaining that they were thirsty, and lo and behold, a miracle occurred, and a stream appeared before them. They drank their fill and decided to take advantage of the stream and do some bathing, including Moses. When Moses came out of the water, he found that all his clothes were missing. Who took my clothes, Moses asked around him. It was the Palestinians, replied the Israelites. Wait a minute, objected Arafat immediately. There were no Palestinians during the time of Moses. All right, replied the prime minister. Now that we've got that settled, let's begin our negotiations. <laughs> see, that's, see, that's, okay. <laughs> see, if you guys caught that, okay. If you didn't catch that, I'm sorry. It is rather funny. Sorry, it's funny. Okay, you go back and listen to it. You got to catch the whole thing. People are going to go, I don't get that. Well, that's what podcasts are for. Uh, Philip had four daughters who had a special spiritual gift. What was that gift? If you know, Acts 21, 8 through 9. Reach out to us any way you can. Uh, call 972-445-0770. Text 214-210-8483 or david at he must increase.org. Let's get to this next part. Amazing. This part is so amazing. Ready? All right. This is like, I don't know how we can, you almost can't get past this, right? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? This is what Jesus said to him. Now, Saul says, who are you? 
Now, in some uh, issues it says sir, in some translations, in other translations it says lord. Actually, in this case, the sir is kind of under the respectful title. I'm not sure that's the big deal, but they're having a conversation because Jesus says something, Paul says something, Jesus says something. That's called a conversation, right? But I want you to catch what Jesus says. We've talked about it before. And this is why it's important for you to understand the Saul, Saul part. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Well, we did a teaching on this. We've done a teaching on this. We've taught on this text the last three, four weeks in a row. Paul, uh, Saul, specifically was going after the Lord's followers. He was eager to destroy the Lord's followers, the text says. He requested letters so that he can lock them up in jail. He can drag them back to Jerusalem, both men and women. He's very specific. He wants letters that say, I'm going to take these Christians, these followers of the way, and I'm going to throw them in jail. But Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? And what people need to understand is when they touch us, they're touching Jesus. And what those people are going to find out is when they touch us, so to speak, they're touching Jesus and Jesus has something to say about it. Instead of us identifying as simply just the followers, the Lord puts his arms wide around us and puts us in in this family setting and situation. And you've all watched movies and you've watched television shows. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's very true. They'll say, you touch one of us. Oh, you're touching all of us. Right? I mean, how often is that? Like in a movie or something? Well, Jesus is saying, you're touching my followers, you're touching me. That's a problem. Jesus so identifies with his chosen that what we encounter, he connects to. And we, of course, connect to him. I'm not excluding that part. I'm just making an emphasis for the point of illustrating this teaching. Why are you persecuting me? Well, wait a minute, Jesus. I'm not persecuting you. I'm persecuting all the followers of the way. Yeah, that's persecuting me. Well, well, wait a minute. I'm throwing all these men and women in jail because they're followers of the way. Okay, that's doing it to me. And do you think it's only Saul that that applies to? Do you, are you, you, I know you're aware, but when the enemy does something, when the world does something, it applies. Jesus connects to us so deeply that when it happens to us, he takes it on. And you think, well, well, where do you go with that? I don't know. When Jesus wept, was he weeping for Lazarus, who was getting back up in 10 minutes? Or was he weeping for all the people who were in so much pain? I think the answer is self-evident. I think you can try and read other stuff into it. I don't think there's any reason to do that. What happens to you, Jesus knows. Jesus connects to you with. He's with you. Even if it's persecution, he's with you in the process. He knows and he's with you.
Okay. All right, we're going to take our break, uh, and then we're going to come back, and then I'll answer the trivia question, which I failed to do. Didn't I fail to do that? Yeah, I failed to do that. All right, so you're listening to the David Smoot Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Running, running and running. Have you ever wanted to get involved with a ministry that promotes Jesus Christ as Lord, but just don't know how? Serving in ministry is a matter of devotion, time, and talent. Are you looking for a place to try and test the waters? Do you want to get involved? Come join the Ambassadors Initiative. Be an ambassador for the David Spoon Experience. It doesn't pay great. Actually, it doesn't pay anything. But the eternal benefits are out of this world. Be a representative. Why not? It couldn't hurt. Well, we hope not anyway. You don't need to be a professionally qualified minister. You need to have a pulse. By that, we mean you need to have a heart. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassador's Initiative link. Fill out the form and we will reach out to you. Sorry. No parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. What is the David Spoon experience? Because what we're getting is this snapshot of Jesus. And there's a lot of stuff that we do, a lot of stuff that we say. But at no point should anybody ever lose what's going on here. And when we get into our Philippians teach tomorrow, you're going to see how very specific Christology, the study of Christ, fits into play on Jesus Christ being honored uh, above all and understanding how that this snapshot of Jesus plays into or leads us into the understanding of the superiority of Christ. Nobody else was fully God and fully man, period. And so nobody else can represent God to man or man to God. So in this situation, we get to see that Darius, he has a 12-year-old daughter. She's dying. Not uh, not good news. This woman who's got this bleeding issue, issue of blood, she comes up to Jesus, uh, touches him without saying anything. Jesus has restoration and healing for her in physical, social and psychological aspects, which is just uh, wonderful if you think about how Jesus, Jesus cares about the whole person. Doesn't care about a part of a person, cares about every inch of you. If you're doing well physically, but you're not doing well psychologically, Jesus cares about that. If you're doing well psychologically and not doing well physically, Jesus cares about that. If you can't have contact with people and you feel like you're completely isolated, Jesus cares about that. Like any person searching for answers, I too have wondered about him. He has a weird sense of humor. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. Those big ears really don't help. Will people enjoy his perspective on culture, politics, food, sports, and local and national news? I don't know. He's just a client. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience on KAAM. Oh, welcome back 
said that David Spoon experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where I've got to give the trivia answer from the last question, then offer up the next trivia question. Philip had four daughters who had a special spiritual gift. What was that gift? The answer is prophecy. Prophecy. Acts chapter 21, verse 8 through 9. Now, here is our next trivia question. It's going to require a lot of thought. Jesus calls himself the morning star in what book of the Bible? Ooh, if you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. You can send an email, david at org. We're going to send you to the website now. Please remember there's tons of podcasts, 3,300 hours of podcasts. We're hoping tomorrow you'll see the uh, same website, but a new face or a new look on the website. Plus on the website, you can give either by PayPal, debit card, or credit card. Please check out he must org. Prayer request? HeMustIncrease.org Praise report? HeMustIncrease.org Looking to give to this ministry? HeMustIncrease.org Confused by what's happening right now? HeMustIncrease.org HeMustIncrease.org Well, there you go. Now, that's a drag racing car, just racing against uh, a scooter. That's what that was. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Okay. Here's the trivia question. Now I'm going to say it again because we're having a little bit of problem and uh, I just want to make sure everybody hears me. It's not a problem on our end. You guys uh, need to hear the question again. Jesus calls himself the morning star in what book of the Bible? So we're talking about Jesus, so we know it's going to be – what? What? We know it's going to be in the New Testament. And then you got to think of what book would he call himself or did he call himself the morning star? And when you're looking at the Bible, the only clue I can give you is take a complete right-hand turn. Okay. Can't give you anything else. That's as much as I can give you. That's a pretty good hint actually right there. Uh, all right. We're going to do – oh, by the way, so if you think you know the answer – I should tell you the phone number. 972-445-0770. Nice recovery. Uh, 214-210-8483. As well, David at he must increase dot org. We are going to do our history uh, because it just seems right. So let's do history. Let's go So the first history is uh, Jared and Julianne Schiller have a new baby. <laughs> That's today's date. And then David's a grandfather for the seventh time. That's today's date. Okay. Then it is also National Fajita Day, which I am totally for. Totally support that. National Ice Cream Pie Day. Totally support that. Totally. And then Bad Poetry Day. So listen to this bad poetry moment. Ready? You probably haven't heard this. Roses are red. Violets are blue. You probably saw this joke coming, but we did it anyway. There you go. That's bad poetry. (laughs) 
You see, you see how that's bad poetry? Okay. 1868 helium is discovered by French astronomer Pierre Jules Caesar Jensen. And uh, I should point out that since then, uh, it's been featured at Dennis' office all throughout the world. Uh, 1872, first mail-order catalog, Montgomery Awards. Remember that? Issues the Montgomery Awards. Uh, first catalog consisted of an 8 by 12 uh, sheet listing 163 items, including some of the original money-back guarantees. 1877, the Martian moon Phobos is discovered. And that's enough history. Okay, there you go. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Who has more fun doing this than me? That could be part of the problem, right? Okay. Uh, Jesus calls himself the morning star in what book of the Bible? Okay. There you go. There you go. All right. All right. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Uh, if you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can text 214-210-8483 or send an email, david, at hemusincrease.org. Fear not, this portion is just so loaded with stuff. Okay, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me, Jesus asked. We just covered that. We covered the Saul, Saul. We covered the why are you persecuting me. Now, we do have somebody coming, calling in, but nope, they, okay, so we'll just wait on that. And uh, and then the next thing Jesus says is, it is hard for you to kick against the goads. Okay? It is hard for you to kick against the goats, also known as uh, the pricks. It is hard for you to kick against the pricks. Uh, what we will do is take our caller, and then we'll answer the trivia, and then I'll come back and kind of teach on this uh, so that you can understand what's going on, because it's a very fascinating uh, point that, that something is worthwhile. It's hard to you kick against the pricks. What does that mean? It does mean something very specific, so we're going to get to that. So somebody ready for the trivia? We are ready for the trivia so let's send them on through knock knock this is david who am i talking to hi this is carrie hi carrie how are you i'm well awesome Thanks. i'm glad to hear that all right this is a good question a lot of people got this wrong in the beginning so i'm, I'm having confidence in oh. you here's the big thing the big clue was Turn all the way right in the Bible. All right, here we go. Jesus calls himself the morning star in what book of the Bible? Well, I was going to say Revelation. That's correct. Yes, no, that's it. If If you look at the Bible and you turn all the way right... Then the last ah. thing you'll be is at Revelation. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. Excellent job. Very, very good. That's I, great. Well, thank you. You are welcome. You are welcome to call anytime. Great job. Thank you. Very good. All you right. have a great day. All right. You too. God bless you. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah. Now, just keep in mind, not all my clues are brilliant. The M&M's clues was pretty good. <laughs> Not all of them are brilliant, but man, money. All right. So I want to go back to this thing where Jesus is saying he's talking to Paul and Saul. So he's Saul. I keep forgetting it. So, who, you know, who are Saul? Why are you persecuting me? And it's like, uh, uh, who are you, sir? I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. You know, it's hard for you to kick against the bricks. I just want to make sure you understand what that, what 
what is that? What does that mean? Because uh, a goad is a long pointy stick that's used to move an animal. So if you can think – it's not like spear like like the we think of a spear when you throw a spear or a javelin. It's more of a thick uh, a piece of wood with the pointy end and you're supposed to push the animal to go in certain directions. And Jesus is like, you know, it's it's hard for you to kick against the pointy thingy. Okay, it's hard for you to kick. I'm Jesus, who me personally. It's hard for you to kick against these pointy sticks, and uh, you do have to remember that uh, Saul at that time was not wearing steel-toed boots. That might be a helpful understanding. Okay, you know what I'm saying? It's not like the guy's wearing steel-toed. And Jesus, is like, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. Well, what were the pricks? What does that mean? What were the what? What does what is Jesus even talking about? Sounds so weird. I'm going to tell you what it is. Listen to what I have to say. This will really this will really help you, especially if you look at Acts 26:14. It's the pricking or the pointing or the stabbing of the Holy Spirit. And you think, well, how is that? How could you even come to that conclusion? Because within Saul, who later became Paul, he had to deal with these three things. Number one, the effect of a dead carpenter on society was ripping apart his religious base. Number two, the Christians were willing to die for their faith, which was a lot more sturdy and steady than the Pharisees were. And number three, Gamil, who was one of Paul's teachers, warned everybody that there's, that they, they be, need to be careful in their own counseling of trying to correct things that could be movements or works of God. So these are things that are in his view, in his pro- process, because there's no question this dead carpenter is having an impact on society. There's no question that Christians are willing to die for their faith. And there's no question that Paul's very own teacher said, be careful. These are things that are affecting the way that he's processing. So he's like, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the pros. In other words, when the Lord gets a hold of us and starts kind of gnawing at us, you can't escape. (laughs) I know. I know it's cute because we think we can. No, you can't. You want to know why? Because the Holy Spirit lives inside you. You're not getting away with that. That's why the Lord goes, <clears throat> that's why the world gets away with it and you get away with nothing. Want to know why? <clears throat> okay. Get that? You can't miss that. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Nothing's going to change. You should just be thankful. In fact, I was talking to my brother the other day, and then I'll exit with this. I, I was talking to my brother, and we were, he was, we were laughing, and, and, and he asked me a question. And I said, well, Billy, I said, the, the big key here is that only Christians care if they're doing it right. Before the Lord. Non-Christians could care less. <laughs> they don't care. You can't get away with stuff because you're God's property. That, even though it's a rebuke from the Lord from time to time, it's also a great comfort. He only rebukes those he loves. Get it? Okay. All right. We'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
The David Spoon Experience. There is this pursuit in people to find happiness. And we've just been revving up and going through the one person who had the capacity, who had the resources to do whatever he wanted to do in order to find happiness. We find out that as Solomon, who writes the book of Ecclesiastes, tells us, he tells us all these different things that he tries. What he's seeking to do is find what is uh, something that drives men, what is something that drives women, what is something that drives children, people, humanity, to just keep going when everything seems vain and everything everything seems meaningless or everything seems frustrating. And so he goes through, because his resources are unlimited, if you'll keep that in mind, he goes through a whole litany of things. He goes through searching in through knowledge and wisdom, talks about that in Ecclesiastes 1, 12 through 14, finds out that's not the answer. He does it in partying and drinking wine. I lived in Temecula, wine country, part of wine country in California. Solomon had more wine than these people could ever dream of. He talks about that in Ecclesiastes 2, 1 through 3. He talks about building a house, personal accomplishments, doing a garden. He had artistic works involved. Everything you can imagine Solomon was doing. I mean, he was doing it all. He's creating gardens. He had amassed a ton of wealth. He had high levels of entertainment. He had male and female singers. The guy had more sex than any person could ever even imagine. And he had superiority and control. And he gets to Ecclesiastes 2. And when he gets to Ecclesiastes 2, 10, and 11, he says, When I surveyed all that my hands had done and had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. He could not reach the level of satisfaction that he was searching for. That was his conclusion. He poured resources. He did did a lot of stuff. So he gives two hints, two declarations, I should say. Not really hints. To help us understand what is the answer to pursuing happiness? Ready? Here it is. This is I, I'm telling you, this is the biblical answer. There's no other. Here it is. Ecclesiastes 2, 24 through 26a. A person can do nothing better than to eat, drink, and find satisfaction in their toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? To the person who pleases God, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. The answer, Solomon said, is God has to give it. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 12 through 13. I know there's nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in their toil. This is a gift from God. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. What a show. And I'm so blessed because my uh, uh, daughter has given uh, birth now to our seventh grandchild. All I can tell you is I still have no more information. See, this is how Jared and Julianne are. I have no more information than I did an hour and a half ago. <laughs> Well, it's an hour and a half. Somebody give me an update. Anyhow, 
this is this is how I think. Uh, here is your next uh, trivia question: Which book of the Bible says? Which book in the Bible? Because you got a one out of sixty-six chance here. Which book of the Bible says I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked? What book in the Bible says that? Here's your only hint. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. That's all you're getting. Uh, what book is that? If you think you know, that's a pretty good hint. Well, it's not a good hint, but it's a hint. 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, as well as send an email David at he must increase.org. Got a, a fascinating show tomorrow. Got a lot of really cool stuff that's been happening. That this last little portion here, uh, I'm just, you know, sometimes you know it's better than you are, and you still got to teach it, but it's better than I am. So, this is something for some of you. I think it'll be really beneficial if you are trying to find direction or trying to find uh, what the Lord wants. I've I've used this to share with people. I'm not telling you this is a word from God and you must listen and do what I said. I'm not saying any of that. But for those that are seeking direction in regards to things, this is a very very helpful element. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna share this with you and and, and I'm hoping this will be a great blessing. For for you okay now before i do just going to recover real quick recap real quick the trivia question okay here's the here's the question i would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my god than dwell in the tents of the wicked so what book is in that and i am singing it to you i would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of god than dwell in the tents of the wicked okay there you go if you think you know the answer <laughs> Nine seven two four four five. I'm not doing that again. Zero seven seven zero. You can also text in two one four two one zero eight four eight three, and then David at he must increase dot org. Sing it to you. Get it? Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, this is after Jesus says it's hard for you to kick against the the pricks. We talked about what the pricks were about the Holy Spirit. And here is the next portion, which I think is very helpful for us in a practical, how do you walk the Christian walk thing? Jesus said, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you are to do. Get up. Go into this city and you will be told what you are to do. There are three components to this. And for those that are seeking direction, I think it's very helpful to understand this. I had a chance to counsel somebody about this one time way, way back, about nine years ago. And it was exactly what they needed. This does not fit every situation. Do not get weird on me. But the, what the Lord tells him is, number one, get up. Okay, yes, you've had a lot of tough stuff happen. Hey, guess what? In Saul's situation, Jesus caused it. You could say whatever you want. Come up with all the theology you want. It was Jesus that knocked him on his keister, Jesus that beamed the light, and Jesus that blinded him. And he's like, okay, now, get up. Okay, wow. 
Really? You want me to get up after all that? Yes. And some of you who are in the faith, who are Christians, who have been through a ton of terrible things of which I do not empathize. I uh, do not sympathize. I empathize because I've been through a ton of terrible things. I've been through terrible church experiences. I've been through terrible uh, things that have happened to me by Christians at the hands of Christians. And, you know, there comes a time where you just look at the Lord and you say, I just I don't even know if I can take another step. This is crazy. I don't know what you're allowing why you're allowing it, so on and so forth. Then the Lord comes in, and after you're blind and knocked on my uh, keister and can't even move anywhere or do anything, this is what the Lord says, get up. And some of you just need to get up. One time I took a horse lesson. One time. (laughs) When I was younger, fell off the horse. Guess what I did? Got up. Seven times a righteous man falls. Seven times he gets back up. Get up. So Jesus says, get up and go to the city. I've always found this to be amazing because I I am not brilliant at this, and I don't want you to use this as some kind of uh, prophetic word because it's not. It's a practical application. I think that you and I need to be geographically where God wants us to be in order to be about the things that God wants us to be about. It's just something I've always kind of thought about. I've always kind of contemplated in 40 plus years of being a Christian. It's like, you know, if you're in the right place— then to get you to do the right thing just seems like a, it's a whole lot, makes a whole lot more sense. And it's ironic because I had somebody who was in the radio. I'm just sharing the story with you because I don't know why. Maybe it'll help somebody. So I had somebody who was in the radio biz with me who was a really, really good friend at the old station at, uh, at KPRZ in San Diego. And him and I were talking and uh, they had this situation and – he was telling me that they, they think they were supposed to move to this place, but he didn't know why. And so we read this together, so took him to this. And I said, you know, I said, maybe not until you get there. And once you get there, then you'll find out why. That's exactly what happened for him. Turned out to be the right place, the right ministry, the right time, the right everything. I think it's important to be geographically where God wants you to be. I remember when we first came out to Texas, I was... Yikes, it was hard. And I was like, boy, is this where you want me to be? You're killing me here, right? And then Ray called me up on that, <laughs> that one day. And that was uh, three and a half years ago. And so we've been doing the show. Ever since. And it's just like the right place. Now that you're there, now it's time to get, get to work. So he replies, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against bricks. Now get up and go into the city. And you will be told what you're to do. So being in the right place enables us to be a little bit more receptive that the Lord's going to share with us. But I want to drop in a practical Christian caveat to this. That does not mean that when you arrive at the place, you will instantly know what it is you're supposed to do. I really wish somebody would have told me that. Because when I got to Texas, I, I, I didn't know that I wouldn't instantly know. In Saul's case, he would find out pretty soon, right? But in Joseph's case, he wouldn't find out till he got all the way in front of Pharaoh. But he had to be in the right place 
at the right time to do the right thing for the right king. And you don't always know those. You don't know all those nuances. And I promise you, when Joseph was in prison, he wasn't thinking, oh, boy, I can't wait to see Pharaoh. I mean, that's not what he was anticipating. But that's how God was going to get him to Pharaoh. And that's what happened. And it's just like, wow. And you think, well, why didn't God just snap his fingers and make him stand in front of Pharaoh? Because that's not how the Lord did it. And when you get up to heaven, you can tell God you think you could do a better job of being God than him. But until then, uh, you play along. You either play in his sandbox or you go into the fire. It's like one of the two. It's like, why would you do that? Just follow along. Get up. Go into the city and you will be told what you are to do. That answer does not always come immediate, but it is an issue of trust and confidence that God has a plan and your best interests and my best interests at heart. That's an important part of things. All of that from this one encounter. When we get into next week, I'm just going to I'm going to just really Go really as deep as I can on the spillover effect. The things that happen to you impact other people in ways you and I cannot even imagine, but that by God has designed. Okay? All right. Uh, last trivia question. Uh, what book of the Bible says I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked? That's in the Psalms. That's why I said I'm singing it. It's Psalm 84, verse 10. The word Psalms means song. So that might help some people kind of pull it all together. Uh, do me a favor. Keep my daughter and son-in-law in prayer and us as well as we will have to be traveling pretty soon. That's the end of the show. We appreciate everybody participating. You have been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. 22 and a half hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. It may be false, but it feels the same So I punish myself, I go down to the jail of my soul